Hey everyone, welcome back to part two of this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. We're going to jump straight back into reviewing the games. So we're up to the first game on Sunday morning, which was the uh, the Bullies and the Blues on Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, there was a lot of good scores, but it was more from draft guys. And a lot of those salary cap yeah. guys in particular, are captain relevant guys as well, yeah. just didn't I, quite put it together. I actually really enjoyed this game. It was a good um, game to watch. It was a good game from like a fantasy perspective to, um, yeah, like you said, a lot of the draft guys that you kind of enjoy watching, yeah. but it's, I mean, the, this, the big names really were a bit underwhelming. Yeah, so the uh, the big one here for me, Harry McKay obviously was terrific. He's not doing that every week, though. So if you had Harry McKay in no. this week as a keeper league owner, well, awesome. well done, I guess. Awesome. Um, I wouldn't be going out of your way to grab him, though. No. It's particularly in keepers. Um, yes. He's going to take a couple more years to really make it, I think. Yep. Um, but geez, he looked dominant on the day. He did. Like everything was just a one clunk mark. Mm-hmm. He did not look like dropping anything, no. and yeah, he was all over the. All, he, he moved up the ground really, really good. I think he will be a good um, deep keeper guy in future, but he's probably a couple of years away. Not still, two or three years for me. Yeah. Sam Walsh is the big one for me there, though. That's his third 100-plus score. He was absolutely outstanding. He's averaging over 100 now this year. Yep, he's he's almost the same price as Libba. Which is insane. That's oh, crazy. God. They, oh, I, I just can't believe what this guy has done in his first year. This, I mean, this could be the best rookie year we've seen from a fantasy player. Um, already it is. Yep. But if he keeps this going, if he keeps some consistency up, this could just be the best. He's outscoring half of my salary cap team. Yeah, there's no question about it. It's, it's amazing. Insane. Um, SPS was great as well. My, so, from a draft perspective, yeah, yeah, yeah. SPS has had a really good year, and mm-hmm. it's looking like he's finally realizing the potential that mm-hmm. made him get drafted where he was. Um, I would be. I quite like him from a draft perspective this year. He will be owned already. Yeah, he, I don't think you're going to you pick him up cheap if no. you want to trade for him. I, and I think I, our owners should hold him as well. I don't I think agree. you should give him up. I agree. I think you're just done really well with him. Just a bit of a pat on the back for owners. Uh, same with Zach Fisher owners. We backed him in at the start of the year and he's putting together some better scores now. So 103 yep. is good from him. Uh, Michael Gibbons, we mentioned at the start of part mm. one that he has reset his break-even now. He's got a break-even of one. And has a nice, new, shiny forward status as well. He does. So he's going to be one to really watch. So if you've got a you know, a dead weight in your forward line, like a... Um, oh, jeez. Who, who's... Like Burgess, Burgess. for example. You <laughs> Burgess. Bolter. Oh, God. Um, Parker. Oh, Parker's maybe still got another he's weight. He's not quite dead weight. It's... Bolter and uh, and Burgess are the two in particular. Yeah. Though this is the week that you can get rid of them by switching, bring Gibbons, Gibbons in, yeah. um, or swing Gibbons up forward. I wouldn't be bringing him in, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not convinced that he's still that he's actually going to be a good scorer moving yeah. forward. I think this was just a unusually high score. True. Some solid scores for the two defenders in Simpson and Newman with 90 each. So you're mm-hmm. pretty happy with that without being too ecstatic. The the annoying one here though was Paddy Cripps, who was. Dominant in the first quarter. He looked like he was going to rip this game apart. He was dominant in the first half. With his bare hands, it was insane. And then just slowed down and finished with a 93. So people, with with that start Mm. and with his history, I'm expecting 130 plus. The thing was though, 37 touches, 32 of them were handballs. 32 handballs. That is crazy. Crazy. It's criminal, a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> yes, a little bit. That that's an extra almost twenty points that he could have gotten us with um, 
just, yeah, kicking the ball. Having said that, um, for non-owners in a salary cap perspective, great news because it means he hasn't completely blown his break-even out of the water. Yes. And he's gonna he's kind of sitting around the same price he was last week. He's going to hold, so you can bring him in at some point soon. Um, on the Bulldogs side of the ledger, Tim English top scored with 109, and he, he had the most hit-outs in a game for once. Hallelujah. Can't believe it. I, I don't can't. actually know how to respond. Um, oh, I, I do a little bit. This I mean, He's going to be a good fantasy player and he's going to be a good fantasy Ruckman. He was always going to do well, I think, against Cruiser coming in from injury and Levi Casbolters as a second Ruckman. Um, uh, he's, you've just got to back him in. So hopefully Beveridge backs him in for draft owners and for keeper owners. If Beveridge can keep backing this kid in, he is going. But he is going to get monstered by McAvoy and Gorn and Grundy and Wits and those sorts of guys. So just be wary of that. And if he can hold his own around the ground, he might still score you seventies in those games. Absolutely. Uh, McRae was solid without being spectacular. Just got on and and bleeding cash at the moment. Start with him. Oh, it's great. Uh, Toby McLean came home hard. Actually, he mm. was he was rubbish in the first half and then finished off very nicely. Seven marks and five tackles mm. helps. And we already mentioned Daniel off at the start with his uh, defender DPP status this week. Yep, um, the thirty-one two... touches, which is really good. Yeah. So even though he only got eighty-six um, points, he's still racking up a lot of the ball, and they're using him as the distributor and as add to kick the ball in as well. Yeah. Of the two youngsters to come in last week, so you had Will Hayes and Lockie Young. Will Hayes looked oh, super. He was really, really good. He, for me, is the number one rookie to look at at the moment. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. 198k. I mean, um, he's a mid-only, but, geez, he looked very well, comfortable. You, we, we talked about Rosses, so if you're switching out someone like mm-hmm. Michael Gibbons from your midfield, yep. uh, replacing a forward, he's the perfect defender. I'm bringing Hayes in ahead of Ross. Yep. Um, I think his job security and his role is better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can... I, Actually, I, job security and beverage doesn't really go well no, together. No, it but <laughs> I think your second look there. Yeah, but I think his role while he's in the team is going to be more conducive to high scoring than... Ross's will be once Cochin's back. I can get on board with that. No, I'm not super high on Lockie Young. Uh, I think that he's a big chance to lose his spot sooner than Hayes. So mm. of the two, I'd definitely be looking at Hayes. Yep. Um, and then just some of the other scores were quite poor from a lot of their players. So Bontempelli's another one who just like Crips just couldn't get it done. And it just wasn't his day, was it? Not really, no. Just did, uh, it, it was, it was just didn't re- go his way. really, really awkward because he spent a lot of time up forward. Um, and when he was at the center bounces, the ball would bounce out the opposite side of the clearance. Yeah. Or he, it, someone would grab the ball and turn to handball it, but they turned the opposite way to him. It was just, it just wasn't his day. <laughs> no, it wasn't. So the, the next game of the round, just moving on from there, we had the Crows and the Suns. And this was... We knew it was going to happen at some stage. The Suns have been super competitive to start the year, but they were monstered in this game away from home. And the fantasy scores are through the roof for the Crows. (laughs) And some solid ones in there still for the Suns, which is good to see. But from the Crows' point of view, I mean, Rory Sloan was massive with 125. But. Mm -hmm. But. So Adelaide play, I'm trying to remember now, St. Kilda, Frio, and somebody else next. I'd hope they play somebody else. Is Sloan is going to be tagged for the next three weeks? He will. He will. Um, he'll get steal this week. Steal this week. He'll get whoever Ross decides is going to be yeah, the tagger Anfield for that week. Or, um, 
Tucker or whoever. Yeah, and I think from memory, the third team was one that does employ a tagger as well. So this was a great score from him, but I think he might be about to enter the month where he actually does get tagged. Yeah, I, I'm not jumping on board Sloan this week. Um, so Brad, the two Crouch brothers were spectacular as well, 114 and 108. And Brad Crouch, again, so he had a poorer week last week. It wasn't terrible, but every... Every you know premium has a bad week every now and then, and he's he still looks like a keeper at the end of the year at the moment. Or yeah, at the absolutely. Very, or at the very very least, the last person that you trade up to someone else. Yep. Or at just sideways straight. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Agree. And it might be a, a matchup based one that we come to in the finals. Realistically, uh, Camelus Yolman was good, uh, but no, I wouldn't be looking <laughs> at him even in draft leagues. Too inconsistent. Same with McKay. Same with Atkins. Uh, Tom Lynch was solid here. Um, Bryce Gibbs good bounce back. There, there's just a lot of good scores from some draft guys in particular. Yeah. The one I quickly want to touch on is Brody Smith. Yes. Uh, who, 93. like Zach Williams, 93, could have been more than that as well, to be honest. He he had zero tackles in this game. So if you've got. Uh, Smith don't tackle. No, Smith don't tackle. <laughs> so it, it could have been a little more than that, but 93 is a very solid score. He, he kicked two goals in that as well. He's not going to do that every week, but with Miller up going out of the side. Yeah, unfortunate. So just quickly on Smith before we move on to that. This will help Smith scoring. It's, yes. it's a sad way for it to do it, but if you're a Smith owner, hopefully you didn't trade him out last week because I can see more consistent nighting from him um, over the next month, and that will help his scoring. Agreed. The uh, other, and help his cash flow. The other one is um, Laird. Laird as well. I think Miller is injury, and for those that did see joint, expect it to be four to six weeks mm-hmm. before he's back. He finished the game on 43, which is unfortunate because I think it happened around about half time, yeah. just um, either side of half time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was looking on track for another 80 or 90 or so. So really unfortunate. I think it will help both Laird and um, Smith. Smith, absolutely. So Laird is, uh, what's he going at? Uh, average of 95.8 on the year. He's priced at 705k. Um, and I think his break-even is in the low hundreds as well. Mm. So either this week or next week, it's the week to jump on Laird. So for, did you this, say 705k? 705k. For what we know he can do, that is an amazing price. Oh, it's incredible. You're getting him so cheap. Um, I, I would be jumping on Laird this week. Yep. His break-even is 114, but I think that's doable It because... Miller coming into the side really did hit hard on all three of their ability to score particularly They well. were all doing well enough. And Miller, with... Miller was doing the best of the bunch, <clears throat> yeah. to be honest. Yeah, they were all doing well, but Laird wasn't reaching the heights he has for the last couple of years. For at least the next month or so, he could. Yes. So I, I think that this is the week to get Laird in if you want him. Um, the, uh, yeah, so just quick... Quickly speaking on Miller, that mm. it's so unfortunate. He's out for a month. Um, you've got to get rid of him if you own him in salary cap leagues. He's geez, tough for redraft leagues. Um, he's yeah. a hold, so so you don't drop him to the waiver wire. <clears throat> but you know, do you, do you trade him if you're struggling? Ooh. So if you are in a, a team which has won the first five rounds, do you go out and say, right, you know, I think I've got a smooth <laughs> run into finals. I'm going to get this guy cheap, pick this guy up cheap from someone and have him for the run home. Absolutely an option. Yeah. Um, but if you are struggling and you own Miller, maybe you can get something halfway decent for him to help you at least get back into contention for finals. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's probably the way to play it. 
you're not going to get a huge amount for him. His value is going to be way down at the moment. Yeah. Um, so if you can manage to, I don't know, it almost gets to the point if you wait a couple of weeks, whether you just ride it out. But well, he's going to have. If you, if you wait a couple of weeks, you have to ride it out. He's going to have more value then, yeah. though. Yeah. So it might be you think you can ride it out. You mm-hmm. give it a couple of weeks. If it's not going your way, he'll have a bit more value then. But I, I agree. I think that the way to play it is to try and... I'd be fishing over the next yeah, two weeks. try and get do a bit of fishing. Um, so I think I might move on from Adelaide there. We'll talk about the Gold Coast Suns now. This guy here, the top scorer there, <clears throat> Braden Fiorini. Yes. 126. Looked so good. Without he, He's not the first guy that you would tag from Gold Coast. No. Um, you know, guys like Lockie Weller when he's in, or even David Swallow seems more dangerous than him. P.S. Hanley is a good mover off the back line. Jack Martin especially is another guy. Martin game and Hanley are the two for me um, that I'd tag ahead of him. He, But he just accumulates. He does. He just accumulates the ball. He had only 53% disposal efficiency, so he's one of those, you know, fantasy guys who you can leave, get the ball as much as he wants and just put him under pressure. You don't have to tag him. Yep. But... His last three average is 116.7. It's just absolutely incredible. Is this the year we have to start taking him seriously in salary cap leagues? Because at this rate... He's at 719k. Yeah, he's touching on a top eight midfielder. Can he sustain it is the question. Do you think he can sustain it? Jeez, I'm not sure. So he's gone 114... 83, 110, 114, and 126. Lowest score of 83. Every other score has been above 110. Uh, So that is a very soft start to the year, though. He's had St. Kilda, Frio, Doggies, Carlton, and now Adelaide. But they they do have a softer draw anyway because they're one of the poorer teams. So they're not going to come up against the top teams too often. Um, and they've got mm. Brisbane next who give up scores, West Coast who give up scores, Melbourne who do as well, Port Adelaide. You know, they don't have the worst run, particularly going to They've got Dubai. Saints, Crows, Carlton, Brisbane twice, yeah, which is pretty pretty good. So I'm, I'm not sure. I, but He's a massive point of difference. He's, he's, only, he's owned by less than 1% of teams, I think. He's a true premium. If you are looking for a real POD, I don't mind Fiorini at all. Especially for now, in the lead-up to the buy, because you can he's got a softer draw up until the buy. It gets a little bit harder straight after that. You can look at bringing him in, in until the buy and then trading him on during his buy week if you want to sideways trade him, if you're not 100% sold. But I think he could still go at 105 Plus, looking at his scores over the last couple of years, I can't really argue with that. He just gets it done. So, you know, um, Uh, I don't hate it, but, geez, it's a massive point of difference. Uh, Jared Witt's really solid with 123. He's been a great, you know, third best Ruckman in 2019. He's been terrific. The last couple of weeks, I think he's actually been outscoring the the primo guys as well so he, yeah he has he's had an off, yeah. he's had an awesome fortnight he, he's been absolutely outstanding uh, Tuke Miller just keeps on going doesn't he he he's does really solid drive An- another nine tackles this round oh, outstanding that, and that's what you want to see isn't it Those he's got a tackles. lot of different ways to score yeah um, Jack Bowes has been a really good cheap keeper league pickup for for you in particular so well done I am quietly quite pleased uh, with that one and P.S. Hadley, Hadley had his one game out of the box this week he's been averaging less than 60 I think on the year or less than 65 um, and he had 111 in his 150th game it's not going to continue 
but he has in the past scored quite well and they want to get the ball in his hands. So we'll see what he can do in coming weeks. Yep. Um, now, is there anyone else you want to talk about or should we move on to the last I'm game? I'm just round? very quickly checking Will Brody oh, to yeah. see what his ownership is in uh, Ultimate Footy. Oh, it'd be very low, surely. It would be deep keeper leagues only. 33%. Mm. 33%, but that's, he has... higher than I thought. He's put up 86 this round. Um, when he gets a game, he does tend to get a bit of the ball. Yeah, he does. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Um, okay, is, I'd say he'd be worth a um, speculative grab in a keeper league if he's not owned already. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, so the last game of the round, the Easter Monday game, just gone. Hawks versus the Cats. The Cats got the job done in the end with a bit of a late scare by the Hawks. Um, in terms of fantasy scoring, I mean, all the all the big guys sort of shot in this game, didn't they? It was Pretty Tim much. Kelly, Gary Ablett, Joel Selwood, Paddy Dangerfield all breaking the ton. Um, so terrific for lots of salary cap owners out there nowadays have, you know, Tim Kelly and Dangerfield in particular. Yep. Yep. There's um, nothing quite like having the very last game of the round in salary cap and having a bunch of guys in oh, it and watching your um, overall ranking just slow, dropping slowly or rising, however you want to phrase it. <laughs> um, so some of the other guys, I mean... The, the one that I really want to pick out is Grind Myers, who has been outstanding to start the year. And 82 from him this week. He's still got some money to make. Absolutely. I think, I think if you don't own him at this point, he's too expensive now to get in. How much is Grind Myers worth? Um, I'm just checking for you. He is worth 353000 I think that's 000. too expensive. Too expensive now, yeah. Break-even of what? 11. 11, yeah. Too expensive for me. Yeah, he I, went up 44k this week. Round, so it was probably we, last round was the I mean, last opportunity. You suggested picking him up last round if you could. Um, you did it yourself, so he's added you an extra 44k, and he's probably got like another 60k to make, maybe 70. Yeah, something like that. Um, it's just not worth the, the cash outlay. You probably need to, if you're wanting to get rid of Burgess or Parker or someone like that, you're paying a bit to get up to him at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's not, doesn't make sense. Um, so, yeah, Tom Atkins as well. He was. Better in the second half, but super slow in the first. And Jordan Clark, we mentioned right off the top, that he's one with the Sydney stack switch that we can look at getting rid of this week. Yep. So of the rookies that a lot of people started with, Clark is still, for me, probably the one that needs to be moved on first ahead of everyone else. He looks like he's pretty much peaked for the time being. I'm um, I'm very tempted, actually, now that I think about it, because I've got Stack and uh, Gibbons in my midfield. Mm. Um, both on my bench I'm really tempted to ignore the Newman trade I was talking about earlier and just go right I'm going to go Jordan Clark out stack into defence bring in Ross yep. um, Parker out bring in Hayes not Ross no, no no that's what I'm saying Parker out bring Gibbons into the forward line and bring in Hayes ah, so I'll bring in the, the double, double of grade. Ross and Hayes it's Build getting up a rid massive of, war chest yeah, for next round yeah, getting rid of two poorer scoring rookies um bringing in people with low break-evens. I know the job security is not quite there, but then again, is it even there for those poorer scoring guys? I think Jordan Clark <laughs> might actually get a rest this week coming Ooh, as well. Tui played on the weekend. I think that it, was his second game It back? was his second game in the VFL. It so he wouldn't surprise me if Clark goes out for Tui in the next couple of weeks. So this could be the double downgrade week to get a little bit of extra cash. Be very yeah. interesting. Um, on the Hawks side of the ledger, Ricky Henderson was... Bloody everywhere. I think we said it last week. He is the least sexy fantasy footballer out there. But what a fantasy footballer in 2019. He just gets the job done. Bringing up his stats. 
because he is averaging 110 for the year. 110. All right, all right. This is interesting. You couldn't. (laughs) No. All right, this is interesting. Okay. We talked about Tom Rockliffe. We talked about Zach Merritt. We talked about Braden Fiorini. Henderson is priced at 703k. He is slightly cheaper than all of them. And he is averaging 110. You couldn't, could you? Henderson is not getting a tag. Who, who's going to tag Henderson? Like Jordan, Nobody even knows who he is. O'Meara gets a tag well before Henderson. So he's gone 87, 113, 108, 103, 141. Um, a low of what was it, 87? A low of 87 in round one. His and- upcoming games, he's got Colton and Melbourne. Oh my god. Wow. I am super tempted. Omira gets attacked every week ahead of him. That is tempting. I not the worst idea. Jeez, you couldn't, could you? Not the worst idea, man. I would if someone wanted to do it, if you've got the balls to do it, back yourself in. That's gold. That is he that is, is very out there this, thinking. This is the the best thing about it. According to AFLfantasy.com, he has an ownership of zero percent. Zero point two one, I'm showing. 0.21? Yours? That's better than mine, because I do have 0% Zero. showing on my screen. So, so uh, there's probably one person that owns him. It's a, probably him. He's yeah, probably got a team that he's Anderson in it. Has, he has himself in his team. Um, Alright, so if you look, if you bring him in, I want to see if that 0.21 jumps up to 0.42 next week. <laughs> I, I'm tempted. And, I mean, jeez, if you're looking for a midfielder who's cheaper... Uh, what was his break-even? 68. I didn't actually see his break-even. He's got a cheap-ass break-even as well. You can it bring feels, him in until the bye. It feels like chasing happens. points, and I don't like chasing points, but... But he's scoring. one hundred. He's averaging 110 off of five rounds. This isn't a small sample size. This is. I a, think he was pretty good last year as well, yeah, to be honest. I think he went at like 90 last year. Tom Mitchell is not playing at the moment. So, yeah. I'm, I mean, you could do it. I'd, I'd be very good. All right, all right. So if you've got the balls, do it. Back it in. Jeez, those are some massive balls. If you do. Um, so who, who else have we got to talk about? McAvoy was solid as he's been absolutely incredible all year. Um, Warpool was outstanding as well with 101. He's definitely got his spot in our sides until the bye. I think um, that's probably when you're looking at getting him out. Um, Sicily, I'm still not sold on as a top six back. They're I'm still thinking about Henderson, so... Oh, yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> are you legit considering bringing him in? No, my brain's kind of just going, you couldn't. Could you? Could you? But, could you? But, but you but, couldn't, though. No, you surely not. But, <laughs> but... All right, so who are we talking about, sorry? Uh, we're Sicily. talking about uh, Sicily. Top six back, yes or no? Oh, jeez. Um, consistency, is it there? Consistency is the issue. Mm. Lloyd, Whitfield, Laird will be there. Um, Stewart has started the year off really well. But Tui coming back kind of makes that a little bit yeah. murky. Um, he's averaging 92 for the year, Sicily. Hearn and Shepard are the two that we talked about earlier who have been Ooh. outstanding. Salem is the other one who's jumped up to be terrific for this first five yeah. rounds. Um, would you be taking all three of those guys ahead of Sicily at the moment? I'd take Sicily ahead of Salem. Okay. But Hearn I'd take ahead... And Shepard, I want to, but it just feels wrong somehow. So, you're taking Sicily ahead of Shepard and Salem at the moment? I'm... Oh, Ooh, a tough question. 
without notice. I'm, I love I'm those flipping a coin notice. with Sicily and Shepherd. Yeah, I'm not sure. Obviously, we've got Whitfield, we've got Jake Lloyd, we've got Laird, then we've got Hearn. After that, yep, I'm um, happy with those four. Those those four are pretty much locked in for me. Salem and Shepherd are the next best two mm-hmm. um, in terms of average, and then you've got Stewart after that as well. Yeah. Um, uh, Johannesson's actually been doing well since he came back also. He looked really good on um, the weekend as well. Yeah, he's been doing surprisingly well. And Zach Jones is another we've spoken about. Daniel Rich is currently averaging more than him. And then you've got Sicily and Witherden on a similar level. So he might be struggling to be a top six defender like we all assumed he was locked in to be. Yeah. I Yeah, I'm not convinced he will make top six at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Shepherd is a real option to get the, the spot ahead of him. Salem, I'm less convinced about, but oh, geez, it'd be a tough one. Um, okay, so some of the Who other else? players, just quickly before we head into your questions from Twitter, uh, Jaeger Amira was eh, he was solid, but nothing spectacular there. Um, Scrimshaw, the rookie that a lot of people own, sixty, you'll take that. You'll take that. Beat yeah. his break even. You're yeah. not he's, still got a, he's still got a lot of money to make he as does. well. So he he's quite safe to hang on to for the time being. James Cousins, you called it. Unfortunately, I, I think he was a little bit injured during the game at some stage. He was seemed to be a little bit on and off the field and yep. just couldn't quite get it done with a score of 44. You need to offload him quickly. Jeez, I'm glad I moved him on. No, that was a good move. Um, okay, so that's the, uh, the games that were for round five. We're going to jump straight into your questions off of Twitter. We've got quite a few, especially after the DPP additions were made. Mm. So, let's dive right in. Who was first off the bat? We've got from AJS Hawker. He's asking, um, from AFL Fantasy, Brad Shepard, the real deal or flash in the pan? Oh, we, we talked about him a lot already. I I'm think he's saying, the real deal. I'm saying real deal. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's... <clears throat> like, like I said earlier, it's five rounds in. This isn't a small sample size. It's not like this is two weeks or, th- or even three weeks. He scored well over the first five rounds. I think you can say it's the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you just give me a sec, I'm actually just going to check and see what his scores were last year because I'm positive that he had a good um, at least end to the year last yeah. year. Yeah. I, I, I think that you're right. And like like we were saying earlier, I think that just the, the rule changes have really helped with Brad Shepard. So his... Um, the 666 helps him to get off and play that inset marking role, as well as having, you know, even just an extra couple of kicks per game uh, from, yeah. uh, from taking those kick ins. Yeah. His last month of the home and away season last year, he had 115 and 81 and 93 and a 68. And a but we ignore the 68. Um, he did have a good a good year last year, though. Yeah, no, he, w- he was absolutely brilliant. And But yeah, taking it up to a whole other level this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got a question from Paul who's asking, do we hold Toronto or is it time to offload? Um, all right, Toronto, I think that you can hold him for a little bit longer. It's not yeah. the end of the world just yet. He's, this is his only bad score of the year, really. Yeah. Um, I think it was 84 from Yeah, memory. 84, which isn't the worst in the world. I mean, he outscored Bontempelli. Yeah. Uh, so for me, um, salary cap, I'm not panicking. I'm holding him. He's still... He's still one of the prime movers in that midfield at the moment, so I'm not massively concerned. They were comprehensively outplayed by Frio, yep, um, and the score reflects that a little bit. He's got, he's priced at 721. He's got a break even of 116. I think he holds it around that price for a little bit longer. I don't yeah. don't think he's going to have a massive drop. Um, and yep. even if he does score very poorly again this week, he's probably only going to drop 
15k. Yep. I've got an idea. He plays Sydney this week. Yep. Um, Should be. I think it'll be a good game for him. I think so. Yeah. So I, I think that. I think you can hold him. So that hold. and in drafts, I, there's no way at all that I'm concerned about him. Yep. Uh, question from Craig: Lincoln McCarthy to Tabner or Miller to Whitfield? Uh, he can bench Miller up. Play Hall this week and then get Whitfield this week or next week. Sorry, if um if we go with the uh, Tabner option. So, which would you prefer? Do you want to get Whitfield in early, or do you want to play Hall on the field and then get Tabner into your side? Ballsy move again, getting Tabner. <laughs> Very go, ballsy with Tabner. Um, I am. If there was someone other than Tabner there, I'd probably be going with that option. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm reasonably comfortable playing Hall this week, and if you think you can get Whitfield next week, yep. going with that. Um, Tabner, I'm not... The danger with Tabner is he's got a good matchup this week against the Dogs, and he's had a good start to the year. Um, is it sustainable? Is he just going to be a stepping stone? Is something going to go wrong, and then you're going to be stuck with him when he runs into some tougher matchups? Um, that's the danger. So if you're looking at someone... Other than Tabner, I probably would be more comfortable with it. Okay. Um, I would... If these are the two trades that you're looking at and you were set on one of these two trades, I would bring Tabner in this week and bring Whitfield in next. That That's what I would do because I I still think that Hewitt will run with Whitfield this week. That's the way it should go down. Um, if I mean, if I, if I was John Longmire, that's what I would be doing. I would be trying to lock down Lockie uh, I love how everyone, you've just got this agenda that Whitfield needs to be stopped. It just... It, it boggles every my week, mind. Every week. It just boggles my mind. He's so good at Whitfield. He is just... He is one of the... I, I read an article saying that he's up there with Cripps and, and Fife at the moment as one of the best like top five players in the competition. I don't quite have him right up there, but top 15? Top top 10 maybe even? Some, somewhere along He's those very lines. damaging. Um, we should have like a weekly segment, which is your weekly Whitfield rant. Yeah, well, there we go. Because <laughs> we seem to have it every week anyway. I just... At, at some, the tags have to come at some stage because coaches can't be stupid. Weekly Whitfield whinge. Mm. Although, there you in, go. in saying that, they haven't tagged him and teams are beating GWS. Yeah. So, you know, it's do you need to? Is he that damaging after all? Do, can you just let him run off, do whatever he wants and just stop the ball getting out to him on the inside? Um, yeah. Yeah, so again, going back to you, Craig, I, I would do the Tavener trade first. That's how, that's how I would yeah. roll. Um, and I, I guess I kind of agreed with that, even yeah. though I didn't really like the name Tabner there. <laughs> um, got two questions here from Brody, who's uh, who's co-hosted with me in the past. So friend good of the to podcast. Hear from you, mate. Uh, great friend of the podcast. So he's asking, is Tabner a cap- captain option this week? McKay went 128 against the Dogs. Tabs went 38 from 18% game time against the Dogs last year. Tabs averages 90% game time, so you, he would have scored 190 without injury thoughts. Up well, until you said he would have scored 190 I'm, without injury, I was sure like, oh, is this a serious question? <laughs> it's, it's not a serious question. Nah, I wouldn't be captaining a, a full forward, no. Uh, he's not a captain option, but uh, as we just discussed, apparently option? he yeah. is a traded option. 100%, uh, but I wouldn't cap. It would be... It's ballsy to He's trade not- him in, but it, it is a new level of ballsy to put the captaincy on Matty Tavener. That yeah. is That would be epic. Although, um, I think he will have a good game against the he Dogs. Will. He will, but I, I wouldn't say with certainty that he would have a good game against the Dogs. Um, okay, so the second question from Brody. So that's a no from us, Brody. Um, <laughs> second question is, is Hall worth the number one waiver pick in a 12-team redraft? Yeah, I'd say so. Yes. Yeah? Yes, he is. If you... 
if Hoare is unowned, I would absolutely be looking at bringing him in this week. And he's had two 90-plus scores for a defender. And there's no one else that springs to mind that's had a good week or two yeah. that would be pipping him. No, he's just he just looks so good. Um, a question from Goonbag Fantasies uh, asking, assuming that the new DPPs will be announced by the time we record, they, they have, Goonbag, yep. um, which ones do you see as being the top six to eight in their new position? Okay, so we kind of we, we touched on this a little bit, bit. You, but I think really the only ones are three of the forwards could be coming close. Like, so we're talking Ablett, Ablett, Ebert, and Dusty, Dusty. Martin. Um, and Ebert's probably the one that and we're Ebert's most the comfortable one I'm with. Really, really looking at Ablett has had this one good game this week where he's gone 110, but he hasn't scored particularly well prior to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and because he's a veteran, there's every chance he might get rested once or twice during the year as well. Yep. Um, for, especially for those long-haul flights. Um, yep. uh, and, yeah, Dusty, again, just I'm not sure where he's at. Yeah. So The only other one I'll throw in there, not as a, not as a top six, but Caleb Daniel. He could be He could be a top ten yeah, defender. Some, yeah, somewhere in that range. Which And he could be used He could definitely be a stepping stone. He's cheap enough that he's he could be used 610 ish. Yeah. So he's definitely a stepping stone option. Yeah, uh, question from Kyle Brett. Uh, um, sorry, not from Kyle Brett here. Uh, one of our mates, Maddie Mottram, uh, who's been a long time fan of the podcast, uh, asking what are the best rookies to cull and bring in this week? And can you list a few guys worth jumping on? You know, players that are on the rise or about to go on a run, in your opinion. Cheers. Um, good well, question. Yeah, really good question. All right, so, best rookies. Uh, to Cole Hayes, uh, well, but he's the best rookie to bring in. Sorry, best uh, yeah. So best rookies to Cole. I think Jordan Clark is top of the list for me. Yeah. Um, if you've got an underperforming rookie, someone or someone who hasn't even got started, like a Burgess. Um, yeah. It, it's time to cull them with those DPP changes. You can yep. So for me, I'd be saying Clark number one because he's made money and he's going to start losing money soon. So yep. you've got to get him out yep. while you've actually made the money. Mm-hmm. Burgess because he's not really doing anything. He's doing absolutely but nothing. he's not losing money at the moment either. Yep. So you can probably afford to wait a little bit. Parker is getting close to needing to go. Yep. Dersmer is getting close to needing uh-huh. to go. Bailey Scott, unless he picks his game up, is going to be getting close very, to needing very to go, close. yeah. Um, and then, I think those are the ones I would be looking at. Yeah, the others and still have probably probably in that order as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so the rookies to bring in Hayes is top of my list this week. Agreed. Uh, Ross would be somewhere under that because of the job security He's probably issues we've talked about. Second, yeah. Um, I, I'm still not looking at Young at the moment. If you, I did like Ham, yeah, but job security is a little bit of an issue, and scoring potential is a little bit of an issue. They're, they're more expensive, but if you don't own Gibbons and Stack, they would be good options. Um, and keep an eye on team sheets. Obviously, Melbourne are playing on the uh, Wednesday night. So if Lockhart is named, he's 203k, had that breakout game yep. uh, two rounds ago, got injured. For some reason, didn't get selected this week. They brought um, they brought Lewis in, so they were going for the experience. Yeah, uh, Jedder's out, and also Melbourne lost, so you'd assume there'd be team changes. I think he comes back in as a super cheap defensive yep. option. Alrighty, um, anyone that we think is going to go on a run? Uh, oh, jeez, that's tough. So um, Rather than specific players, I'd say that I think Adelaide's got a pretty good yeah. run coming up. I think Adelaide... Mine, I don't think Sloan will go on a particular run, no. but if you can get Matty Crouch in, someone like... If you don't know yep. Matt Crouch, 
Brody Smith is a great player. I think will do very well over the next few rounds. And Laird as well. Yes. We already spoke about yeah. Laird. Um, and the Bulldogs, the Bulldogs I think, still have a pretty good run coming up. And Pelly had a poorer game this week, but I think he'll dominate over the next three weeks. Yep. Um, same with Lockie Hunter. Yep. Uh, and the same with... I think McRae has bled enough at the moment, and I think it's time to bring him in if you don't own him. Yep. Um, if you can afford it. And there was... Oh... Was it Henderson we're talking about that Henderson's had an awesome the, uh, yeah, run coming has up? A good run coming up as well. So Henderson's another one you could look at there. Uh, so hope that helped, mate. There was a lot of parts to that question, but we've got another one here from Dim Slickus, uh, which is Peter Dimnicky, who's asking who to trade Miller or two in classic. I have money to upgrade. But have Lloyd and Whitfield already. So Laird is the obvious. Laird's the one. One. Laird's the one for me. Or Hearn. Yeah, I, I'm going Laird. I'm, I'm going Laird as well Laird. because I think he'll be the one that will benefit from Miller going out. Yeah, straight um, spot pretty much. Uh, or I mean, it'll take a little bit of cash to get It's not there, much. It's like 50 or 70k or something like that. That's nothing. So if you've got the cash to, to upgrade to anyone in defense, then Laird's not going to cost you that much and you might be able to use that cash somewhere else, yeah, right? Yeah. Or alternatively, if you don't want to go Laird for some particular reason, Hearn's probably the next one I'd go after. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's the questions from Twitter for this week. Remember, you can reach us anytime at ExtendedBenchAU. Feel free to send us through a question. We always love reading them. We'll give you whatever help we can. Um, So before we log off for this week's podcast, once again, we play our favorite game every single week. This is Risk It for the Biscuit. So this is for your draft leagues, in particular your deeper draft leagues. If you've got a matchup coming up that you just have to win and maybe you've got an injury or you've got a poor on-field matchup, you want to switch that up a little bit, we're trolling through your waiver list looking for those guys with low ownership, under 50%, keep in mind, on ultimate footy, who can come in for that one or two weeks and smash it out for you. So these guys, as I said, have to be under 50% owned. We can't have selected them twice before. They've got to be unique for the purposes of this game. Yep. Um, and and yeah, so we're we're hopefully finding some diamonds in the rough for you to yes. bring into your so teams. So last week I went with uh, the double up from Hawthorne. You did uh, Mirror and Howe. Mm-hmm. Mirror finished on forty something, which was not good enough. Not quite. Howe as a centre only finished on eighty six. I'm claiming a point from that. I claim a point from that. That, so is, that is good one enough. Point. Um, and then I went double now, or nothing on Alex Keith. Unfortunately for you. Unfortunately, you got the they, nothing. Yeah, I now from memory, zero. do you lose points if you fail on a double or nothing? I don't. I seem to remember that you, that was a lose, rule. Was that a negative one? I think it's Whoa. a negative one. All right. So Let you are back down to one. zero. Well, well, well. Um, so unfortunately, it was unfortunate with Alex Keith as well because I, I expected Gold Coast to be a little more competent than they were. And the ball yeah. just didn't get down there. So he, no. when he when the ball did go down there, he was mopping up absolutely everything, and he was he had a solid score with seventy. So do not drop him from your side. He's going to be a very yeah. solid. So defender. the yeah, he only just missed out on scoring new points, but the reasoning behind him held true. He is playing the the Tommy Dode role, the mopping up, the intercepting role. So if he's available on your waivers, go out and get him in a deep league. He's I, he's a decent option for 100%. now. 100%. All right. Now, I think it is... Is it your turn for first pick this week? It is. All right. Who have you got, Matt? Um, very boring. I'm going with Marty Hoare. Yeah, you're going with Marty Hoare? 45% owned. He's got 93 versus Sydney and 99 versus Saints in his last two games. Yep. He's got Richmond this week. Um, 
Melbourne's defence has sucked a lot, really so has. I expect the ball will be coming in there a lot. He'll have a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. to rebound. No, I like that one. Um, okay, I'm going with a centre, just to uh, because it's hard to pick centres, actually. The midfielders are really tough to pick up off the waiver wire. Um, so, Jordan Dawson. Yeah, he was Sydney. my second option. Yeah, I thought so. So, 39% owned. He's available in a lot of leagues. He's playing a very fantasy-friendly role, a lot of chip marks. His last three, he's got 71, 92, and 118, which is an average of 93.6. So in your deeper leagues, where mm. you're looking at playing you know, seven or even eight midfielders on the field, um, that, that could be very, very valuable. And I think this week against GWS, he is going to get out the back. There's going to be a lot of focus on Parker, on JPK, um, even on players like... Um, uh, Papa Papley um, and and Ollie Florent, yep. who Ollie Florent has been very good this year. I think Dawson is going to get you some points this week. Yep, I like it. He was going to be my next option. So, so yeah. who have I who have I slid the <laughs> you down to on the list now? <laughs> my third option is not great. Who is it? Harry McKay. Oh Jesus! All right, go on. Chasing points. Yeah, you are chasing points, and you said you didn't like chasing points. So yeah, I don't. But I was in a rush this afternoon. Uh, so he had obviously got 128 versus the Dogs on the weekend. He did. Um, he's the Carlton forward, only owned by 28% of teams, mm-hmm. which I would suspect would all be keeper leagues. <laughs> um, I would hope so. Yeah, you'd hope so. Um, I think that this could potentially have been a real coming-of-age game for him, yep. which is a, probably a bit early and cliche to say, but he looked amazing. He marked everything. It was all one grabs, no double grabs. He was leading up the ground. Mm-hmm. He was the focal point of the attack. Um, he was kicking well. Yeah. It was a really complete game. Yeah. Now, he plays Hawthorne this round. Hawks' defence is a bit undermanned at the moment. It is. And historically, they have struggled a little bit against tall forwards. Mm-hmm. So, Do you think Kurnow coming back in this week? Because he, he, he came back in this week and... From yeah, so Kurnow was a laid out. He was a laid out, that was it. Do you, do you think him coming back in will hurt his scoring? Potentially, um, but I see Kurnow playing more of the, the, of the lead up the field role yeah. and McKay playing out of the goal square and still leading up, but not as far as Kurnow. Mm-hmm. That's how I think they should structure the team up because McKay is a absolutely huge beast and Kurnow is an aerobic machine. Oh, a so, specimen, isn't he? Um, for me, the danger is actually that as a young player, he'll be a bit inconsistent and he'll rest on his laurels a little bit yeah. and he won't back up the really good game. But I think if he can go in with the right mindset, there's a great opportunity for him to back up and put another good score up. I like it. Um, all right. Yeah, no, that's a good option, mate. Interesting. Um, I am going... Oh, geez, this is a tough one. I've got a choice between two here. Yep. Um, and I... Jeez, oh, I think I'm going to be swayed by what happened with my last risk it for the biscuit pick, actually. So my first pick would have been Josh Walker. Um, oh, okay then. Now, but, so he, because he's gone on an average of 83 over the past four rounds with 117 and a 91 in there and some two scores in the high 60s. Mm-hmm. But if Gold Coast put up another performance like they did against Adelaide, the ball's not going to be down there enough for him to chip market. Yes. So I'm going to go with my second option in another Sydney boy. Ryan Clark. Oh, jeez. I'm backing my boy in. <laughs> I, 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 pre- I respect the fact that you double down it's so often it's when something doesn't work out your way. 48% owned as a backman, played that midfield link role like we talked about with a 92 coming back. So that's the role he needs to play to score. So 
if he can play that role regularly, mm. he will get points. And as a defender, that will be very val- valuable for your draft leagues. Absolutely. So, GWS have also given up scores lately. They gave they up have scores been, yeah. to Fremantle. They gave up scores to West Coast. Um, Absolutely yeah, have been. So whether they win or lose, they do seem to give up some. So fingers crossed he can do well for you. And yep, I yeah, like it. So that is, uh, that's our risk of the biscuits for the week. Hopefully you can uh, pick a couple of diamonds up in there. And Absolutely. And some on the wait list. We actually haven't mentioned the fact that, well, we haven't explicitly mentioned the fact it is a short week, obviously. It is. So you've got two partial lockouts in salary cap this mm-hmm. week um, on the Wednesday night and the Thursday night. Yeah, we've got Richmond oh, the Thursday day. Richmond Demons on Wednesday nights, and we've got the Anzac Day clash, obviously, Essendon and Collingwood yeah. so in the, the afternoon. Loophole opportunities abound, and enjoy the extended festival of football. It, it, festival, are you really going with the AFL tagline of festival of football? <laughs> that sickens me, and we're going to end the podcast on that. <laughs> Although, I, oh, don't get me wrong, I do love the extra games of footy. Oh, games, it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. So, Good luck with your fantasy footy this week. Hope you have some great scores. Hope you pick up some absolute bargains off the way. Enjoy the festival. (laughs) Jesus. We'll see you next week, guys.